Welcome, everyone, to the Wednesday edition of the Markets and Mortgages podcast. I'm your host, as always, Tyler Crawley. And yesterday was a big day. The gold standard with regards to home prices was released. Yes, I'm talking about the Case-Shiller Index. And not surprising, not a record number, but uh, we were close. We were close. 19.8%. And if you remember, the uh, Case-Shiller is uh, a little behind. So we're talking about February data. And it showed that year over year, this is the S&P CoreLogic Case-Shiller U.S. National Home Price NSA Index And it reported a 19.8% annual gain up from 19.1% the previous month. And more than likely, unless something crazy happened, March is probably going to be even higher. Probably back above 20%. Now, month over month, the index reported an unadjusted 1.7% increase in February. And interestingly enough, the city composite indices were actually kind of mixed with the 10 city index seeing less growth than the national number and the 20 city index actually seeing more growth. (laughs) So go figure. The 10 city index reported 18.6% year over year growth, a big jump from January when it was at 17.3% and the 20 city index was up 20.2% year over year up, also kind of big, 18.9% from the previous month. And the big question, which metro area is still seeing, I kind of gave it away, still seeing the most growth? Phoenix, once again, led all major metro areas year over year, 32.9%. That is the 33rd month in a row that they've been the top metro area. I mean, what, I, I really got to do this because I've always, whenever every month we discuss Phoenix, I always wonder what were home prices, I mean, three years ago, because this is the 33 month in a row. That's almost three years in a row. They've been growing at the fastest pace in the country. And I can see what's happening in just regular markets. Not that Wilmington's a regular market, but we're not 30%. And so to see what's happened in three years with home prices, I I just got to go look. I got to finally do it at some point. Maybe we'll talk about it next month on the podcast. Uh, The Tampa area was a close second. Tampa, it'll be interesting to see what happens because Phoenix has got to be close to hitting the ceiling. I mean, they just can't keep... (laughs) They're almost three years. They've been the number one metro area. And Tampa is only 0.3% behind. They're looking at 32.6% annual price growth. I think Tampa could do it. I'm going to call it right now. I think in March, Tampa overtook Phoenix. But we will see. I mean, it's so close. Uh, Miami was third at 29.7%. But as we all know, whenever the Case-Shiller Index is released, they are not the only data that we get for the day. We also get the Federal Housing Finance Agency, which isn't as highly anticipated as the Case-Shiller Index. But I kind of like the FHFA report because it gives you a much bigger breakdown of the regions and the FHFA house price index 
actually was a little under where the case Schiller is. They were at 19.4% up from 18.2% in January, but month over month, a bigger jump, 2.1% compared to 1.6% in January. And like I said, they break down the regions. I think they have eight regions that they look at. And the number one region year over year, the mountain region, 24.3% year over year followed closely, very closely by the South Atlantic region at 24.1 and then the East South Central region at 20.8. So it'll be interesting to see if Phoenix will get overtaken by Tampa and could the South Atlantic region be overtaken by or get or I should say overtake the mountain region because month over month the South Atlantic region was up 2.9%. Just month over month, three almost 3% gains. And as someone that's in the South, I can tell you that has not dissipated. Maybe we're seeing signs of it now, but this is April. So more than likely March, it's possible. We could see Tampa overtake Phoenix and we could see the South Atlantic region overtake the mountain region. Now, Will Dorner, PhD supervisory economist in the FHFA's Division of Research and Statistic, said that the HBI data actually set a record. So even though it was lower than Case Schiller, it actually set a record for them. Dorner said, quote, house prices rose to set a new historical record in February. Acceleration approached twice the monthly rate as seen a year ago. Housing prices continued to rise, owing in part to, of course, supply constraints. All about the inventory, which, as we mentioned on Tuesday's podcast, the data that we got from Altos is that we're actually seeing a little bit of an increase in inventory. Let's hope that trend continues. That's what we're hoping for. Now, we know that housing isn't the only thing to worry about in the economy. We obviously focus here on the markets and mortgages podcast, but it's also important to look at what's happening in the overall economy. And as always, I I love this day because we get Case Schiller, FHFA, the house price index, and then we always get consumer confidence. And so it's like, I already know when the day begins what I am going to be talking about on the next day's podcast. So it it makes my job very easy. So we already know what we're going to be talking about. So let's jump into consumer confidence. And unfortunately, after a slight reprieve in March, consumer confidence fell in April, which means three out of the last four months, we have seen a decline, which is not a good trend because that's three out of the four months of the year because we're only in the fourth month of 2021 just in case you're keeping score at home so month over month we saw consumer confidence fall to it was just barely 107.3 from 107.6 in march now looking at year over year a bigger drop down 14.6 which makes sense because if you think about where we were last year you know the vaccine had been out for a lot longer and people were excited you know here the economy's finally going to be reopening so it makes sense that we are down 14.6 points from where we were in 2021 now it should be noted economists had projected a slight rise to 108 so we're talking about a point here we're talking about a point spread between what was expected and what we actually got not a huge 
drop or move either way. You know, what, what it actually did versus what it would have done. We're not talking about huge moves here, but what caused the move? Not surprisingly, it's the way consumers feel about what's happening right now. The current situation index, and I'm going to assume inflation's paying a big part of that. People are going to the store and they're seeing what things are costing and going, ugh, I do not like this. The current situation index fell 1.2 points to 152.6 in April as prices continue to rise across the country and the expectations index actually saw a slight uptick to 77.2 from 76.7 the previous month. So you look at these numbers, people are a little more optimistic about the future, a little more pessimistic about what's happening right now, but we're still talking about 152 index. People are still pretty happy with what's happening with the economy, just not as much as they were. Lynn Franco, Senior Director of Economic Indicators at the Conference Board, said that despite the decline, the present situation index is still elevated, saying, quote, the present situation index declined but remains quite high, suggesting that the economy continued to expand in early Q2. Expectations, while still weak, did not deteriorate further amid high prices, especially at the gas pump and, of course, the war in Ukraine. Vacation intentions cooled, but intentions to buy big-ticket items like automobiles and appliances rose somewhat. And speaking of the economy, it should be noted that a new Yahoo News YouGov poll found that 39% of voters select either inflation or gas prices as the biggest problem facing America today. And overwhelming, I think it was inflation. It was like 36% inflation, 3% gas prices. The poll found a full 70% of Americans rate today's economy as either poor, was it 42%, fair, 28%, and just 23% rated good or excellent. So those aren't good numbers. <laughs> if you're someone that is, Currently in office. So basically, the Democrat, this is not good numbers for the Democrats. And I know what you're thinking. This is all because of, you know, Republicans. And sure, Republicans are a big number. 56% rank inflation or gas prices America's number one problem. But independents, 43%. And even Democrats now cite rising consumer costs as a bigger dilemma than climate change or health care. So these are troubling numbers for the Democrats, but it also gives you an idea of what people are thinking about when talking about the economy. So, yeah, I mean, these numbers do kind of surprise me because you look at consumer confidence and that number 152 where the index is, I and mean, that's a high number. So you have to assume that people feel somewhat good about the economy, but they don't feel good about inflation. I mean, you can hold both those opinions in your head and think, okay, the economy is not horrible, but then at the same time, also be concerned about inflation. But what really kind of threw me was the fact that you have, what, 70% of people who are rating the economy as either poor or fair. That does sort of surprise me. It looks like that poll versus where the actual consumer confidence index, there's a little bit of a um, difference there. <laughs> and I'm not sure. I'm not sure which one is the correct one. All right, later today, we got pending home sales. Well, actually, we have mortgage demand and rates. That is out 
always at seven o'clock on Wednesday morning. But then we get pending home sales from the National Association of Realtors. Economists are projecting a 1.6% drop. But I always look to Zonda Economics. They have their April, or I should say March, they have their pending new home sales index, and that fell 6%. And the last couple of months, Zonda has been a lot closer than where the economists have been. So I'm projecting a bigger drop, closer to 5%, more than likely. We shall see, and we will talk about it on tomorrow's podcast. You guys, enjoy your Wednesday. And I will see you back here Thursday morning for another edition of Markets and Mortgages. And remember, as always, do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait.